if you have ever struggled to believe that full food and body freedom are possible for you, then today's episode is absolutely for you, my sweet friend, because I have the privilege and honor of sharing two different testimonies of hope and recovery with you today from a couple of my own students and clients. They go into the good, the bad, and the ugly of their own recovery because their heart is to give you encouragement to help you know that it's possible and that it might be a little messy along the way. I'm so excited to share these stories with you. This episode could have gone on forever because I had such fantastic conversations with each of them. So I did my best to combine it into a digestible episode for you, but I wish you could hear their full story. So take a listen. We are going to dive right on in to share a couple of stories of hope and freedom with you. Welcome to the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast, the show that helps you cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus. My name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm a Christ-centered registered dietitian and eating disorder recovery coach on a mission to help you break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame so that you can start fueling your physical, mental, and spiritual health all from a place of joy. We'll be spilling the tea on all things diet culture, even in the church. Think of this as your weekly dose of nutrition and body image real talk mixed with biblical encouragement from your Southern bestie. If you love Jesus, are sick of having negative body image, and wish food didn't feel so complicated, then welcome, friend. This show is for you. So grab your coffee, get comfy, and prepare to be challenged. This is the Joyful Eater Podcast. I was actually on a walk with my mom this morning, and I was saying... I honestly don't remember spring being this beautiful last year because that was how, how consumed I was with how my body looked and how I was just always thinking about food and how I could change my body. And it literally consumed my life. Like I, I'd probably say 90% of my brain space was just that. Yeah, I was really uber focused on being quote healthy and achieving that perfect ideal and taking care of my body so a lot of foods in that area got labeled as bad as immoral and they were so connected with a feeling of guilt and shame and then on top of that exercise for me was a way that I could both earn food and earn those sweet indulgences because I've always had a sweet tooth and definitely really enjoyed that. But then those foods started being off limits. So I had to find ways to kind of compensate or earn for that. And I also had this just really big fixation on wanting to be able to grit through things. And so exercise for me was a way that I could kind of get that feel of, okay, I've done my hard thing for the day. So now I can go and feel okay about other things. So that unhealthy relationship with exercise um, and then the on top of that unhealthy relationship with food was really something that occupied a lot of my headspace throughout the day and was really something that I would go back and forth and back and forth about. And I thought that the solution to that was just, okay, I need more discipline. I need to just work this out. This is something where I'm just being idolatrous or gluttonous in my relationship with food. And I just need to work harder in order to get better. 
So Skylar, when you say like you were in the thick of it, right, with body image, with other things, what did, and, and I know you said like it took up like 90 some odd percent of your brain space. How did that impact you? Like what, what did that look like on a day-to-day basis? How did that overwhelming like consumption of your life, how did that show up for you? It looked like looking in the mirror constantly, like always feeling the need to check out how I looked before I left the house, changing multiple times a day, um, and just not having the brain space for anything else. Like I remember my relationship with God was almost non-existent because I would get up in the morning and I'd be like, oh, how, how do I look in the mirror? And I really don't think enough of people understand how much like a negative body image can just take over your own life. And I really struggled with my relationships as well. Like there was a month that I didn't go very many places because I was just comparing myself to everyone around me, always looking at other people and looking at their bodies and realizing how I wasn't able to be fully engaged with my family. And this year on Easter, I remember going to church last year and when my pastor was preaching, literally not remembering anything he said that Easter Sunday because I was just so hyper-focused on how my body looked and looking at everyone around me. I saw my body as something that I needed to overcome, something in which I could see all the weaknesses or the blemishes in it, and those were things that I needed to make sure that I made better. How did you notice those kind of behaviors really affecting your health, whether that was physically, mentally, or spiritually? Yeah, it affected everything. (laughs) And I think that that's sometimes the nasty thing about eating disorders is we get used to living with these disordered behaviors in a way that we don't even really recognize the way in it way that it seeps into every part of our life. So when you begin on this eating disorder recovery journey, it can feel overwhelming at first because it's like, wait a minute, I didn't even realize how this was affecting this area of my life. And it can feel just like so much. But once you get a little bit further down that journey, you realize like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I was living like that because it's just such a difference. Um, I think for me, spiritually, I'll start off with that. Spiritually, I think that before I was so wrapped up in a narrative of shame and condemnation, and because I was attributing that so much to God, in a lot of ways, I was hiding from God. So my eating disorder behaviors would be a way for me to try to attain perfection or whatever ideal that was that I was trying to live up to apart from God. And so when I didn't feel like I was living up to that ideal, and that was all the time because there was no standard of enough, um, I felt like I kind of had to hide from God or I had to be just constantly working to be better. And it was exhausting. And so that really started to play on like how I was mentally and how I was physically. I remember after thinking about my freshman year of college, just 
kind of mourning the loss of so much because my eating disorder had taken so much from me. I remember being with friends and not even really being able to focus because these thoughts were just running through my head or missing out on things because I was too preoccupied and needed to go like do my workout first because that was the main top priority over actually being present with those around me. And so, yeah, it stole a lot from my life. And I think it was really good in that moment of just reflecting on my freshman year of college to mourn it, everything that was lost, but then also use that as motivation of, okay, like in the moments when recovery feels really tedious, like this is what we're fighting for. And this is what we're working to be free of. Tell me a little bit about like, at the beginning, when you were first getting started, before you started going through the Joyful Eater, before you like decided to go in all on recovery, um, what were maybe, just share a couple of the, maybe the lies or the misbeliefs that you recognize now are lies that you had about food or about your body. Well, in the beginning, you gave us an assignment, I think in the first module on core beliefs and some of the beliefs i'm actually looking at it right now was that i wouldn't ever be able to fully accept my body i and another big one i also struggled with is that i will always struggle with my eating disorder in some way and i truly believe those things for working with me whether it was with another provider or on your own what were some of the things maybe that you tried um, in order to help maybe your mindset or to shift your behaviors when it came to your recovery journey that maybe didn't involve the Lord and maybe because of that they weren't quite as effective as you'd hoped they would be. So when I first, I was kind of forced into the recovery process in a lot of ways because of health complications alongside that. So I originally was operating based off of a meal plan. And for me, at the very beginning stages of my recovery, a meal plan was something that was necessary. I needed to have that structure and know what my body needed because of my own will, I probably would not have catered to what my body needed very well. So a meal plan allowed me the structure to be able to treat my body well in that stage of recovery. But very quickly, it kind of became something of a lifeboat for me where I needed it, but I now was not able to move outside of it. I was so attached to it that it became kind of my new set of food rules. I tried a whole lot of things, being really desperate for freedom. I actually was in a residential treatment center for eight weeks. I worked with multiple teams, multiple dietitians, counselors, um, my doctor, and nothing seemed to work because I really believe that there are roots to an eating disorder. It's not just like some physical illness that needs to be cured. It's, it has roots. And until I began to realize those roots, I never experienced true freedom. And that was one of the reasons why I chose to go through the Joyful Eater is because reading the description, I could tell that it wasn't, it wasn't just something trying to cure a physical illness because that's not what an eating disorder is. 
in order to find true freedom, you've got to work on the mindset. You've got to dig deep and uproot those lies because what you're really seeing is just what's growing from that root of other issues that needs to be worked through. There were several therapists that I saw that were not Christian and I didn't really accomplish much with them because they were not able to help me replace those lies that I believe there's many more than just the two that I shared, but they were not able to help me uproot those lies. And because you can't just take something out, you've got to replace it. We're not able to help me fill my mind with truth. What made you decide, number one, that you wanted to take a Christ-centered approach? And what kind of difference did that make for you? I was especially interested in finding someone who could integrate both faith and eating disorder recovery, because I knew for me, it was important to have that holistic focus. And when I originally met with Brittany, kind of for a little bit of intake, I knew right off the bat that she was exactly the person that I wanted to work with because she had a genuine care that just helped me know that I would be taken care of and that she actually um, is wanting to help her clients find food freedom. It's made things a lot easier because I actually have a huge reason why I'm choosing recovery and a reason to get up in the morning because I know that God has a purpose for my life and it's made a huge difference to just know that how having him at the center of my recovery has literally changed everything it's still been hard It's not like having a relationship with God or inviting him into the center of your recovery will make all the hard go away. No, that's not what I'm saying. But it's much easier when you realize that we're so weak on our own. But like I was saying, we serve a very strong God and he will give us the grace and the strength if we ask him for every single hard step we take, every single hard day, every time we feel like giving up. He has renewed my strength. And those hard days I've been learning, like I still have hard days. And, but I've been learning that those hard days, I always come out stronger the next day because I turn to God and I realize that I need you to show me what I need to work on or how I can be depending on you more, how I can be leaning on you more. What lies am I believing that? that threw me into this darkness once again and it has changed everything and I don't I honestly don't know how other people get into recovery without having that foundation in Christ for someone listening um, who is considering going through the joyful leader or at least considering inviting the Lord into the process and bringing on somebody to give them some sort of support or accountability to stop doing it on their own. Anything else you would want to say to that person? Honestly, going through that course has been life changing for me because I do not think that I would have had the freedom that I have today without going through each module and all the truth, all the good assignments and 
insights and worksheets. That's one thing that I, I really enjoy doing is different assignments, different worksheets, being able to put my thoughts on paper. And I remember in the first module, you gave an assignment on creating vision and told us to take a few months out and put the date in. And I did that. And I, I had a friend who she was actually in treatment with me and she came down for my birthday to see me and she's still struggling a little bit. And I pulled out my binder that I have all my papers in from the course. And I, I was showing her it and telling her how helpful it has, has been for me. And I read her the part where I created my vision. I said, it is now March 16th. 2023, and I am so grateful that I have gained a healthy relationship with food and my body and drawn closer to the Lord. I honestly wrote that not believing that was possible. I just thought, oh, I I should just do it. And I was brought to tears at that moment because it was not only that, but it was two days after March 16th that I opened it. Wow. And almost to the exact date and just being like it was so true like it's freedom is so possible and I did not wholeheartedly believe that in the beginning when I first started the course but the freedom that I have now I cannot express that I still have hard days but it's gotten so much better and I have no regrets at all about going through the course. It has been worth every single minute of my time. And I was honestly really sad when I finished up it up. If you were going to just describe what are some of the tangible results or differences have you experienced now that you are so much further along in this freedom process. What is what does that day to day look like now that those things are not plaguing you? How is it different? So currently, I am studying abroad in Uganda, and I don't think I would have been able to engage in this experience the same way if I hadn't been so intentional and in working with Brittany in this recovery journey. And so, like, I just think about that all the time. And I'm so grateful for the progress that I made because it's allowing me to have amazing opportunities like this that I probably wouldn't have been able to be nearly as present for if I hadn't been working through this recovery journey. So something huge like that is definitely, like, amazing and, like, a signpost of healing but it's also in like the little everyday things too. Like I can go to a restaurant now and not feel overwhelmed with anxiety of what I'm going to eat, but actually be present with the people that are around. Or I can even now be able to call out those disordered eating lies with my friends if they're talking negatively about their bodies or if they're reminiscing some things of diet culture I am the first person to be like mm, we're not gonna do that today and I think that that kind of shows um ways in which I've grown 
where before I might have internalized some of those messages and put them as my new standards that I needed to live up to, I'm now able to kind of call those out and live with the confidence of, yeah, I know what is true now, and I'm not going to be nearly as susceptible to some of those voices that I know aren't helpful. Oh, the biggest one is just having brain space back, just having all this this brain space and this not having my mind consumed with food or my body all the time, being able to wake up in the morning and sit down and read my Bible and pray and actually feel close to God and not be sitting in church and be thinking about what are other people thinking about how I look? What are people noticing about me? What am I going to eat? And just being able to focus on worshiping the one who created me. And that has been the most beautiful thing in my life. And also being able to be fully present when, when I'm with people, being able to have freedom around food. My life was very rigid last summer. Like I felt like there was a lot of food rules that were in place that made it hard to really enjoy life, enjoy going out with family and being able to have so much more flexibility now. It's made life a lot more meaningful and fun and enjoyable. Um, And it's been hard and scary at times to break those rules but it's led me to a whole lot more freedom than i i ever imagined i'd be able to have what would you tell that person who says like i'm just i'm not positive that food freedom is possible for me and that was where i was at for a long time is believing that freedom was not possible. Um, Even when I was in my treatment center, I was feeling like I was there because I was almost forced to be there. And just thinking, how is it even possible to mentally recover, to have a new mindset around food in my body? And on the hardest days when I did fully choose to go all in in recovery, I would sit there sobbing, crying for hours because I didn't know how it was possible to make it through the pain and the hard days. I would say that it is 100% possible to have full freedom from an eating disorder. And I know it doesn't feel like it. I've been there myself so many times, but I will say that there is freedom. There's so much hope on the other side of it. And while it takes a lot of hard work to get there, it's so worth it. One thing that I've learned a lot about recently is surrender. And God can do so much more with your surrender than you can with your control. So I think something that I would really emphasize is that you might be really comfortable in this area of I can manage it everything's okay like my life is fine it can feel really comfortable when you're surrounded by rules that make you feel sort of okay 
but you weren't created just to survive. You were created for so much more than that. And I think that I would just encourage that person that more is possible. And more might look a little uncomfortable sometimes. It's going to push you outside of your comfort zone, but it is so worth it. And there is so much more life and love and joy to be found. I would feel so sad if someone missed out on all of that because they couldn't see the possibilities or they couldn't quite embrace enough hope to imagine a better future. Um, I think when I first even thought about reaching out to someone else for help, uh, I had a twofold fear. My first fear was that they would just tell me that everything that I was doing was the right path, that I just needed to keep on soldiering on and try harder and do more. And I was terrified that they would tell me that because it would be my new standard of what I needed to live up to. But on the other side, I was equally as afraid to even begin to conceptualize what it would look like for someone to say, yeah, you have a problem and this is not the best solution because that would mean that I needed to let go of my ideas of what is best. But I was also afraid to even begin to hope that there would be something better out of fear that it would be hard or that it wouldn't quite live up to my expectations or that I was somehow being soft or just wimping out by choosing a different path. So I was facing this fear of hoping for something better. And so I would really just encourage you, if you're even beginning to think about what this journey might look like for yourself, find ways to have the courage to hope for a better tomorrow. Because this journey is something that you're going to take day by day. It'll be something that has its ups and its downs and everything in between. But just have the courage to dare to hope for something better. Don't let yourself be stuck in that complacency of this is good enough because you weren't created for good enough. There's so much more lying beyond that. And um, yeah, I would just encourage you towards that. Oh, so good. Is there any any last word of wisdom or anything that you would want to share um, with listeners? Until I really realized that there was roots to this, I never found full freedom. And there was periods of time where I would get into recovery, like physically, but still really be struggling mentally with believing lies. And so then next time something big would come up in life, you know, what would happen, I would relapse. And it wasn't until, like I said, I realized I needed to work through deeper issues that I truly found freedom. And there are things in my life that I, that are really hard that I'm going through right now. And yeah, I'm continuing to stay in the freedom that I found, because I'm dealing with all that's underneath the surface. And it's really, really hard to realize that an eating disorder is often just something that stems from roots. And those roots are really hard to get to and really, really painful at times. Recovering has been one of the 
hardest things I've ever done in my life, but it has been the thing that has been most worth it because it's honestly given me my life back because like I said, I went from barely surviving to thriving. In my approach to recovery, I can sometimes have a stance of wanting to very much retain control over things. So having someone else to kind of push me out of that because in recovery, you sometimes have to let go of the process of control and just putting that in the Lord's hands is so important. So to have Brittany push me outside of that was really so valuable, even though I didn't always appreciate it in the moment um, because it was sometimes uncomfortable, but exactly what I needed for sure. I'm enough because God died on the cross for my sins. It made me enough in him. It's not when people say, oh, you're so strong. No, it's not because I'm so strong. It's because I'm a very weak person with a very strong God. And I really believe that God is the person that should be at the center of my life, that I'm not doing recovery from myself, but I'm doing it for him so that my life can reflect him and bring glory to him. It's so worth it. And while recovery is really, really hard, it has honestly, like I said, probably several times, it's given me my life back because I felt like I was barely hanging on a year ago. I was so consumed and just being able to be to be fully awake to what's going on around me and to have that relationship with God and to be so excited about what my future holds because I know that God holds my future and that he has a plan and he has a purpose for my life. And that purpose is far better than, than living with an eating disorder. And that's something that really helped me to choose recovery was I thought one day, I don't want this to be the rest of my life. I know that I've got a lot more life to live, but I don't want to live it like this. I want freedom. Wow. What incredible stories of hope, both from Isabel and from Skylar. I am so appreciative for their honesty and their vulnerability and just their willingness to share their stories with all of you. It was such an honor for me to speak with each of them, and I wish I could have shared the full story from both of them, but this episode would have gone for over an hour and a half. So I did my best to condense it for you guys and to show you what is possible when you invite the Lord into the process and when you really go all in fully commit and take a Christ-centered approach to food and body freedom. If this is something that you want to experience, if you have been struggling with anxiety around food, maybe you notice that you have constant thoughts, just like they both said, that your brain space is constantly occupied with thoughts about food or your body. I would absolutely love to walk you through the same process that I did with Isabel and Skylar to help you find your own food and body freedom. This week until May 19th, we are taking enrollment applications for the Joy-Filled Eater Live, and I would love to invite you to join us inside. If you have questions, head to our website at brittanybraswellrd.com slash jfelive 
JFE for Joyfield Eater. You can go there to find all the information about the group. You can find the application there. And if you still have questions, feel free to shoot me a DM over on Instagram at Brittany Braswell RD. I hope these stories of hope have blessed your heart just as much as they blessed mine. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you for sharing your sweet time. It is so valuable and I appreciate you being here with me. And as always, friend, may you be filled with joy and abound in hope. Odds are, if you're hearing my voice right now, you might be a Christian woman who feels like food and nutrition are too complicated and that you'll have to struggle with negative body image for the rest of your life. And this podcast is here to help with that. On this show, I'm going to be sharing everything I know and continue to learn about how to cultivate a joy-filled and peaceful relationship with food in your body. But let's face it, it would take me years to share that kind of knowledge and strategy with you here through our free weekly episodes. And the thing is, food freedom can be a really isolating process when you try to go it alone. So if you've been wanting to add some fuel to the fire on your path to food and body peace so that you can start seeing more confidence and improved physical and mental health now, I invite you to consider joining the Joy-Filled Eater live. This is the high-touch coaching program that I've created to educate and coach Christian women like you, and it's how dozens of women have stopped hating their bodies or looking to the scale for validation. Through this program, you'll get the blueprint and step-by-step process that you need to reach your food and body freedom goals, along with the accountability required to light a fire under you to implement what you've been learning and take some much-needed action. You'll also get live coaching from me personally every single week. Plus, when you join, you get immediate access to on-demand and live bonus trainings from therapists, Christian authors and speakers, strength coaches, and others so that you can better approach your physical and mental wellness holistically. You'll also join a community of other Christian women who are already eating more intuitively and are ready to help you do the same. So yes, you can absolutely rely on the episodes of this free podcast to help you ditch diet culture and start seeing some results on your own food freedom journey. Or you can fast track your path to freedom and do it in a way that's much more enjoyable and that will help you to be full of confidence as you take your next steps. So if you're ready to commit to getting rid of food rules and not letting the scale dictate the trajectory of your day, then click the link in the show notes and fill out an application and you'll be on your way to joining the Joy-Filled Eater Live. I'll see you inside the program.